You guys ready to chat with a bunch of weirdos? <laughs> That's what it's going to be. Do not call the people in the stream weirdos. I was not. I was speaking to chat. Mm. Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh. <clears throat> it's uh It's going to be uh it's going to be an odd one. I can already feel it. <laughs> when, when haven't they been? <laughs> um, Troy, you were you were uh, the fellow with the idea here, right? No, He's looking at me blank. That was John. That was that was, was uh, <clears throat> that was restart restart again? of the year, John. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. my god. Oh, yes. All right. Restart again. <laughs> oh. This is the longest cold open ever. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Hello and welcome to the Bite Size Gaming Podcast, the podcast that's serving up a buffet of RPG topics to get you through your week. My name is Zach, and the hosts joining me this evening are Troy Sandlin and John Christian. Well, hello, everybody. Greetings, adventurers. Today uh, is, for those of you who aren't aware, a uh, a coming off of virtual D&D weekend day, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I know John and Troy didn't run anything this week, um, but uh, many of us did, and... Um, that means that we're super, super busy, and we already know the dates of the next virtual weekend. Mm-hmm. It's the weekend of yes. May 9th, um, so we're already kind of looking ahead into the super cool content that we'll be dropping then. New and there is some premieres. super cool content mm-hmm. coming. Yeah. Super yeah. cool. Yeah. Look forward there's to that. A, yeah. There's something, something interesting something, on the horizon. Something mm-hmm. wicked this way comes. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, so, so yeah, I we... will definitely be at least trying to get in on uh, some game action. I have submitted my request to the powers that be. We'll see. Yes, so have I. We'll see so if I'm or not. Uh, so, yeah, there's absolutely going to be a reason to sign up and uh, and play in next month. Um, we'll give more information on that as we can, but I think it's not public info yet. So right now, all we're going to say is... Hang in there, keep your eye out, and uh, we'll hopefully uh, have more information for you. Maybe next week. But there is some information about uh, something going on in the ne- the next uh, virtual weekend. Oh, yeah. So, perfect segue. Because mm. I'm going to jump right in. Oh, do, yes, do it. Go and do it. my mm-hmm. first news article. Do it. Uh, we, why I say we, uh, Dave which is the bald man of Baldman Games, has come up with the red carpet treatment for virtual weekends. And that is launching for this next one coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is where uh, if you have a group of six people um, and you're interested in playing a certain set of games, you can uh, put your request in for... The, the three adventures that you want, the times that you want, and then uh, that goes out to uh, a certain stable of DMs and to see who has those 
times available and mm -hmm. wants to run those. So you will have all three of those adventures with the same DM at the time that you ask mm -hmm. for. Yep. So mm -hmm. no, no clamoring for yep. the right tickets, the right time. You pick the time you take the stuff, uh, pick the stuff that you want to play. Pretty cool. Yeah. And that, that is for, uh, in it, it's all, or, it's all or nothing. Basically. Mm -hmm. Uh, you have to have a group of six. We're, we're not going to piece together groups for you. Um, but you have your, uh, your groups and it is $50 per player. And that way you could have all this stuff set up. Now that's, that's kind of like tier one tier two is you pick three adventures. Uh, you pick your time and you pick your DM. Yeah. For what a little a country. bit. Yeah. For a little bit more, it's a uh, $70 per player because now we have to find out if, if these specific DMs are free and can do this or not. Um, yeah, possibly do some, some schedule juggling. Yeah, we have yeah. to do some schedule juggling, uh, things like that. So that is a it is an ex, ex, in its experimental phase. Whew, that was harder than it needed to be um, <laughs> for for this coming event. Uh, so we're gonna see how it goes. Uh, kind of like a concierge service, mm -hmm. red carpet treatment kind of thing. So if that's something that interests any of you, uh, make sure you check out the link uh, that will be in the doobly doo. For this uh, for this episode, and it yes. will give you all of the good stuff. Actually, I have it. I we'll post. It. We'll also post all of this stuff on social media too, right? Mm -hmm. So we'll put this on Facebook and things like that. So for those of you that are not regulars to the show, if you're if you're looking for us, find us on Facebook. It's a really good place where we're we'll throw out the the latest news, what we're doing, what we're running uh, on those weekends. As soon as we find those things out, yeah. So yeah, something something to check out, or you could just you know do the do the regular old you know jump in the mix when the uh, tickets go live and see if you can snag the DMs that you want and uh... mm -hmm. yeah, I think that there'll still be like like what we know about this what what Dave has already mentioned is that like it's gonna these first few there's only gonna be a few options uh, opportunities for it so um, mm -hmm. don't put all your eggs in that basket even if you have a group of six, you know, like my, my encouragement is if that sounds like something awesome and you really want to do that, perfect. Let's, let's try to make that happen. You should go for it. But I think that he's really not planning on uh, running too many of these tables this first time around. So right. be ready mm -hmm. on the back end to pick yeah, up it, something regular. And this whole thing uh, will be, you know, a week or so before, tickets go live so that we can figure this all this out ahead of time and get the dms already locked into this red carpet schedule mm -hmm. and then they can resubmit their availability for the rest of the weekend if they want to run more i think so. it's going to be the hardest thing is going to be getting that six person crew together yeah i don't know about you yeah. but like i think it's very rare for me in an online game to run a game for six people that are pre-established crew. In fact, I'm not sure that I've ever done that. Just really? ran for six people that are like, yep, we're all together. Hmm. And in, in, in an online setting, I think almost I've done that a few times at a con. Yeah. I don't know yeah. that I've ever done that online. Um, so what maybe I would recommend if you are a player or a group of players that don't quite have six, but want to do this is you should head on over if I this is Zach saying this, not 
the bald man crew, right? So there may be a better way to do this eventually, but I would head over to the bald man games community server on discord and, uh, you know, you recruit, know, throw your wish out into the wind mm -hmm. and see if anyone else has that same wish. Yeah. The yeah. only thing you'll have to worry about, right. Is who's going to pay up front and how you're yeah. going to collect, right? Because it's yeah. all one ticket. You pay it all out at the same time. It's yep. not piecemeal. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Yep. But I think it's definitely interesting, and I'm curious to see how it goes, and it, how many how many tickets are sold, and what we do with it in the future. So yeah, it's it's definitely very intriguing. Yeah. Oh, let's see. Let's just uh, continue right on down the list. Troy, you also have a Kickstarter you want to chat about? Oh yeah, I love this stuff. Grim Hollow has just released their Kickstarter for their Monster Grimoire. Now I have already backed the setting. I've already backed the player's oh, guide, okay. and I yeah. have already backed the Monster Grimoire. Um, our good friend, Sean Merwin, has just mm -hmm. recently joined. And James Hayek. And James Hayek mm -hmm. has just recently joined yeah. as well, the uh, the Grim Hollow, the Ghostfire Gaming crew. Uh, so definitely huge shout out to those two. Uh, both of those individuals are fantastic. Um, I know Sean a little bit better than I know... James, mm -hmm. um, and Sean is a machine. Yeah, he has been a part of organized play, like forever, mm -hmm. <laughs> like back in the world, back in the days of living Greyhawk and and uh, and all that stuff. So I mean, he knows his stuff. He knows how how this game works, and he writes amazing adventures. But mm -hmm. enough of that. We're here to talk about the the monster grimoire and the thing that is exciting to me about this i mean it's 400 new monsters uh that are, that are you know tweaked for the for the uh the grim hollow setting it's more of like a a grim dark kind of a kind of fantasy um mm -hmm. awesome 400 new monsters cool but this thing is tweaked uh not only do you get those monsters but you get uh, new twists on old favorites. So you, they're, they're, they're doing stuff with familiars. They're twisting up some sidekicks mm -hmm. and, and all kinds of stuff like that. Then you've got um, one thing that I really love. What's a monster without treasure? Mm -hmm. In, in oh, these man. descriptions, they have, hey, these things sometimes carry this or have this on them. Or, nice. what can you do with a vampire's fangs? It's in the book. Mm -hmm. yeah. It will tell you how to harvest and, and what you can use uh, these materials in. Um, tactics for the different foes. Uh, advice on encounter building and, and campaign building. Uh, so this is not just a, a book of monsters. This is a definite campaign aid that has teeth yep and um i think you can look and you can just tell that just by what you just laid out that this is a crew of people who really know um the community mm -hmm. right now because there are ideas here that i think you can point to different you know, creators or different products that are already out there in the community kind of on the edges 
and say, oh, you probably got the idea from over there and kind of, you know, inspired to create it here. And it seems like someone who's really got the pulse on the on the hobby is writing this book. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and it's funded already. It's yeah. it's already good. They're, they're only asking 20,000 and they are just shy of 350. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I so I would note, all right. So so I think this is a great buy. I I will probably own this book at some point. Um as a note, it's shipping from Australia. And that's something that people may not recognize right off the top. You're saving money. They have discounted the hardcover um, from what the retail is. That discount is going to be eaten up in shipping costs. Mm-hmm. So you're just as a note, I'm not saying you're still going to get the book ahead of probably anyone else, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's still a value to be had there. Um, but if it's just about dollars, you can probably buy this book at a con or probably on Amazon or at a, your game store, game store can probably order it in uh, in about a year and a half and you could get it for about the same price. So don't feel like, you know, you, you need to run down to the Kickstarter and grab it right now. If you don't have the funds right now or you would rather look at it before you buy it, I think that that's going to be a reasonable opportunity later. And this mm-hmm. company is big enough to where I think you're it's going to be pretty easy to find these, especially at conventions moving forward. Oh, Lee, you yeah. show that fulfillment's not going to be completed until May of next year. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if you hold, if you hold off until a con next year, fingers crossed that they'll have I some think in you're stock. Gonna, you're not, you're going to wait a couple Gen months con, instead of waiting an entire year. Yeah. Oh yeah. Gen oh, yeah. con, be you'll perfect. be able to get your hands on one probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and if nothing else, you know, like, like what they're saying, if you want to wait for the, for the hardback to buy it in person at a convention mm-hmm. or something, the PDF, 25 mm-hmm. bucks yep. mm-hmm. for 400 monsters and all that information. Take my money. Yep. Yep. Oh, and it's not Perfect. just the monsters, right? There's so oh, much. Like, yeah. They even have, they've got miniatures or some of the new monsters. Oh, that yeah, are in yeah. There. yeah. Yeah. The miniatures um, yeah. are really good. Cultists, ghouls. Uh, I love the zombie trolls are awesome. There's like a the giant zombie. dragon the, bat. The dragon, yeah. the tree thing. Yeah. The, the, uh, the, tr- the big, big undead tree behemoth. Yes. The demon oak, yeah. the demon oak, yeah. yeah that just, oh, yep, yeah. yep, really cool. Squeezing that pig, yep, <laughs> yeah. All right, you had me at squeezing well, hey. that pig. <laughs> Cold open. Cold open. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you guys about another Kickstarter that I think uh, we have. I, I don't know if we've touched on here on the podcast before, but I know we've we've briefly about mentioned, yeah. It's called Ouroboros, mm-hmm. um, and this is the world book called Law Brand. Um, it's on Kickstarter right now. I think it just launched yesterday. I think so. And it's got half a million dollars. Um, it's by a company called Warchief Gaming, and this is their first Kickstarter. A lot of marketing dollars went into this book, though. Yeah. Um, and the Kickstarter shows it. It is... Very expansive. Um, okay, so let me, I'll, I'll be frank on this one. I think it's an interesting one to talk about. I'm not going to back this one. I think oh. it's a fascinating Ooh. insight. I think that it's like really cool to look at as a, as a campaign. I am not probably going to back it, though. Okay. That being said, that being said, 
Um, what I find most interesting is that, okay, so you've got this hardcover source book. I think, you know, we all kind of expect that and a GM screen, maps, great. And they're all basically at the prices you would expect, I think. Um, what I think is new and interesting and I, what makes this, uh, the thing that I'm going to talk about today is they have a, uh, like a slip case mm. with leather bound mm -hmm. collector's editions of the book. And it comes with a novel set in the setting. It, it also leather bound, like the, 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 the twin for the source book is this novel. And it looks like, it doesn't look like a game book anymore. Right. It looks like, um, like the exterior, the slipcase and the leather, it makes it feel like some sort of like tome or, mm -hmm. or you know, just a just a you know a, a a regular old book that's high quality, right? Like, I don't know. I just really like the idea of it. It's really well presented. It looks like a, it feels like a collector's item. It's presented as a collector's item. I think that's a really great idea. Um, it's 125 bucks for like this slipcase pair and a GM screen. Um, but I think that that's, that's a reasonable ask for what you're getting. And I've never seen it quite like this before. Um, so I'm excited to see, I want to, I want to get my hands on this one. So just like I talked about with Grim Hollow last, last time, like this is one that I'm really excited to see this at a convention and see like, this, it's like um, Beetle and Grimm's, mm, right? Okay. Like that sort of like just to the nines mm -hmm. presentation of a book. And I'm excited to look at it. So anyhow. The premium I character sheets. Cool. You see those? Yeah. They're amazing. I mean, they've got, <laughs> they'll, they'll have print versions that you that will come with it, but it would, hopefully they'll be able to, you'll have that in the PDF also. They're absolutely gorgeous. Really, really well laid out too, right? They can look really yep. pretty, and be hot yep. garbage, in yeah, to yeah. reference. Uh, that is not the case. Mm -hmm. Really, really. So mm -hmm. it's just like it's those the little bits, the noodly bits that you're talking about, like that, that are really interesting that they're adding in there. They've got their own custom dice set. They've got ability and item cards. You know, yep. the world maps, city and city maps, poster maps. Like they're to your point. It's like it's like Beetle and Grimm's. Right? It's this premium product that they're offering up. Yep. Oh, you get coins. So. Yeah, yeah. Everybody gets a coin if you buy early. Like it's just cool. It's it's a cool mm. thing. Um, I'm really interested to look at it. Now there is a soft cover player's guide that I might slip in yeah. for. Yeah, yeah. Just just to kind of keep my finger on the pulse of this one, and just because I think that might be a cool like souvenir of the Kickstarter. Um, I think I might slide in for that. But okay. everything else, I think I'm gonna wait till I see it and get to kind of experience it uh, before I buy now looking at looking at the cover the, the regular mm -hmm. cover of this book uh, mm -hmm. it it brings back uh, for me uh, the feeling of when you saw the uh, cover of Vampire the Masquerade the first time oh. because it has that that stone look but the symbol of the Ouroboros is like carved into it I mean it looks like it's it's like just jumping right off the page, um, and it, that's probably fresh in my mind because of Zach. Uh, he he <laughs> recommended that I watch um, World of Darkness. It's a 
a uh, documentary on was it Netflix, Amazon, Amazon, Amazon? Amazon? yeah, and it, it, about uh, you know White Wolf and the in the uh, Vampire the Masquerade, how that all got started. And I'm not gonna spoil it for anybody in case you want to watch it, but the way they got the cover for that book is awesome. And just mm-hmm. looking at the cover of this Ouroboros uh, book, that's what it makes me feel like. That it's kind of a similar but more intricate thing that they did with this cover. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyhow, okay, so hey. Ouroboros, yeah. that's our Kickstarters for this week. Um, John, I really liked the two that you brought in. I, I think these are two really interesting uh, things to go over. And there are two that I haven't gotten to look at yet, so um, I'm glad you brought them to the table. Um, go ahead and talk to us about uh, start start with MCDM. That's a good one. Absolutely, the patron saint, uh, Matt Colville, yeah. hail his name. Uh, released through MCDM, the Illrigger. Uh, Ill- I can't I can't do it as well as he does. Illrigger. Illrigger. Uh, Illrigger. Right. Uh, the Illrigger uh, class. It is not a subclass. It is not a new domain or a new spellcasting. Uh, uh, what is it? School, right? It is a mm-hmm. a new class that has been published digitally. That is available through his Patreon, but is also available for sale for about seven bucks. No, 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 um, no, no, no. Do not, do not say. I'm not about seven book bucks. You say the price, and this <laughs> is cheap it. because this thing is so well done. It should be, you know, at least ten bucks. The price because it's cool. Six dollars and sixty-six cents. It's very. The, the it's decimal very point. The decimal point makes it okay, John. No, it doesn't. But it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I still love him. It's fine, and it's also still a really awesome class, right? Oh yeah. And it's fitting. I mean, there's a reason why they chose that uh, that price point. The arch devils who rule the seven cities of hell scheme and plot endlessly, eternally. And what they've created now is a uh, the new Hell Knight. So this is your. It's going to feel a lot like uh, like a paladin, in some ways. In but some ways. it is it is definitely not right. So you've got kind of like an, an abbreviated spell progression or spell slot progression with up to six level that you can cast. But the thing that I thought that was the most interesting about this is how versatile it is. Right. The th- like in normally whenever they re- release a new class, it's going to have some kind of branches uh, like that are we're going to do more magic on this end, or like healing magic for a druid, or we're going to kind of pivot and be more shape shapey. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's kind of still in the same uh, realm. Right. Or like a paladin would be probably more apropos where you've got like protect, do more damage or just have a, a different vibe, like a fey vibe. Whereas with this, they are functionally different. In each of the different subclasses, or these like these subpaths that the Illrigger will end up taking, um, it is very different from the the design that we've seen in the past for, from Watsi. So they are there. I think there's some some disruption in the way mm-hmm. that they're doing their game design over at MCDM that I like. I think it's very cool. It separates them. It puts them off to the side, and it kind of gives them their own their own uh, their own vibe and their own feel. Without it's, and, but it still feels like D and D. Right? Oh yeah. Still, um, but uh, yeah, it, lo- it looks absolutely great. And of course, I mean, like production quality wise, it's just friggin' ridiculous. Yeah. Like, just, and I hate to keep harping on the look. You know, the content is should be more important than the look. 
But buddy, it looks fantastic. So click on that link whenever you get a chance. Go ahead and take a look at it. Architect of Ruin. A lot of the stuff that like uh, the uh, the painkiller. They got diabolic contracts that are included in it. These are effectively Hell's Paladins. But Hell's Paladins are not going to be like your traditional Paladins. They're going to be more stealthy and sneaky and. Um, they're gonna these these are classes and powers that are supposed to kind of inspire the imagination. Um, so paladins will fight with virtue, right? Um, that, that are determined by their oath. But ill riggers get powers of illusion and treachery and fear. You'll find different archetypes uh, archetypes to play with from a battlefield commander type for those of you that want the Darth Vader dream, a stealthy assassin type for folks who want to be all about finesse, but also tons of two -hand two handed weapon damage, and a dark magic type for those that want power. Uh, derived from the Nine Hells. So it's all over the place. right? Lots of different vibes that you can use with it, which is really cool. I want to see more uh, from him Yes, like this. Uh, this is also, it's kind of like an open, it's almost like an open beta. You're paying for it, but you'll get the updates um, before it gets goes to print. So anytime they go to a different version or they do some errata, it's all digital anyway, so it's not going to really hurt anything. Um, and so they'll update, update those as they go along. You'll be able to kind of go back, dip back into it and get the uh, the enhancements as they come out now. So, yeah, very cool. Uh, yeah, I no, love it. It, it's awesome. Now, I, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of in John's camp. I think on this, it is an awesome class. It's really cool. I am not going to allow it as is because I don't want my character, I don't want my players playing something that's evil straight out of the gate. Yeah, Ooh. that's me. Look, call me a buzzkill. Call me a buzzkill, and that's fine. It's okay for you not to play at my table. It's not going to hurt my feelings. We can still be friends. But, like, lawful evil is still hard for me at a table. No, it, it depends. I mean, lawful evil, I don't mind. It's, it's, you know, it's when people start getting, you know, the chaotic, and they're, they're just doing evil to do evil kind of stuff. Sure. If, you, like, if you're going like to play Like teaming smart... up with Lex Luthor every once in a while, whenever right. there's a greater threat, that's right. the lawful evil. Not the chaotic and not the neutral, right? Right. But even right. still, it's kind of like, I don't know if I want to, I don't want to have a, like a temporary NPC that you have to ally with, as opposed to like a player character that's going to be there the entire time, unless there's kind of like a redemption arc or something like that, then. I well, I mean, I, I kind of like look at it like, you know, the, the, the names of the powers and abilities and stuff are what they are. Um, mm -hmm. You can change them if you want to reflavor it, but you don't, cause I, I think a lot of this stuff is really cool. Um, and me being a, a, an Eberron fan, I'm not too hardcore tied up into alignment um, because I can see where you can be, your alignment can be lawful evil, but you do good things. Mm -hmm. It's just the way you do it. You could also be lawful good and be a horrible person. Yep. So, but yeah, I just, it's like, yeah, I like the class with that. Would you, let, would you let, would you let a, so, okay, this is a sidetrack. We, we may have we to go. talk about it, but like, would you let a, a warlock have a pact of the fiend in your table? Well, actually I've been, I've been thinking a lot about. Or an antipaladin. Things like that. Um, Oathbreaker in 5e? Uh, no. Uh, I, I, I not to start with. You, I, I mm. would not want you to start as an Oathbreaker Paladin. If well, something comes good along, point. if had, something comes along a buddy and you of mine break actually, your oath. Yeah. yeah, I've had a buddy of mine that, that started out not necessarily good, but lawful neutral, and then kind of started dabbling in things, 
and mm-hmm. started progressing down a track towards the dark arts. And that mm-hmm. was an interesting track, but unless there's kind of like a planned trajectory of pulling them out of that at some point, that's just, I, I just, I run heroic compa- campaigns. Well, I, kinda, that's I also mind. look at it like, you know, if you're a paladin and you know, you're whatever oath you might be, um, cause I know that, like there's several new ones that I, I'm drawing a blank on, but like what well, there's like the oath of the city oath What's of conquest. That? Or, or mm-hmm. something like that, where where you might break that oath, and it's not necessarily a slide into evil. Mm-hmm. It's oh, I was or I was a, a an oath of the crown. You know, I've swore my allegiance mm-hmm. to to the king, and now I have realized that the king is doing some nefarious shit. <laughs> you broke mm-hmm. your oath. Mm-hmm. You you cannot stand for this anymore, so you have broken your oath. Mm-hmm. Well, so, I think for me, what I look at it as is the thing that that Colville did an entire video on about the Wangrod defense. This uh-huh. seems like a Wangrod defense class, right? And I'm not that saying that it be. is. I and mean, you can have some really good players that are going to play it yeah, otherwise, yeah, but I just yeah. see people that are like, "Well, that's what my character would do." I, I'm like, I, I murder people in their sleep, and that's just that's what I do. So there is a. Um... I haven't read the class, but I have watched the video where he introduces the class. Yeah. And he says that there's a write-up in that video in, in, in the in the PDF for the class that talks about running a lawful evil character and mm-hmm. not being a wang rat about it. So mm-hmm. Yeah. There's and there's even a, a story that he wrote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Well, it's still okay, great. so I like, think nothing else from a from a mechanical perspective and from like the engineering of a new class. I'm super oh, excited yeah. about it. Yeah. I'm super excited about it. I want to see the next one so bad based on what he's produced out of this. It's not something that's going to end up at my table more than likely. I'm certainly not going to end up playing it, but it's still fantastic. And people that want to play it and to make it work, totally fine. Oh, I might There's room at the it. table for everybody. I might play it. <laughs> so, Dark, Dark Troy. Dark Troy. John, the last thing that we are going to talk about yes, yep. is the new Unearthed Arcana. Yes. Uh, why would we want to talk about that? Oh, I, I know exactly why I, I want to talk about it. I have, I have no earthly idea why John, of all people, is. Uh, uh... Oh man, you know they're 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 just dangling that carrot in front of me like every single month now. It's awful. <laughs> yeah. So draconic options is the uh, the unearthed arcana that was just released, and it's everything you can think about drag uh, dragons. Uh, mm-hmm. Something that's related to dragons, spells that are related to dragons, feats, feats subclasses, like you name it, right? There's all, there's all, all in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the specific, the highlighted items are uh, some tweaked out draconic races where you got your metallics and your chromatics that they've uh, adjusted some things about the chromatic uh, ancestry, adding some different resistances and powers or uh, energy types or uh, damage types, uh, chromatic warding. Is in there um, the ancestry of metallics with their breath weapons, things like that. Um, it's kind of just kind of tweaks out a little bit. Now, that's the stuff that we all already kind of know that's being enhanced and uh, updated by by this unarthed arcana. Uh, the gem dragonborn, super cool, right? All of the other damage types that were not touched by the metallics and the chromatics are in these. You got amethyst for force, crystal radiant, emerald psychic, sapphire thunder, topaz necrotic. That's really cool, right? Yep. Uh, it's very flavorful, and they've got a good, uh, some good touch points in there uh, to kind of incorporate it into your game while still being relatively generic, 
right? Kind of a plug and play while you're while you're doing some uh, some testing. Uh, in addition, we've got a new uh, the maybe like an updated Cobalt is what it looks like, where they've uh, they've tweaked some uh, like instead of the cower, uh, or is that maybe Draconic that's uh, I'm thinking of, I'm, I'm thinking of, I'm probably thinking of uh, goblins. I think. No, the, Grovel and Bag, I think, is a it is, it is Grovel yeah, and Bag with Cobalt. I didn't see that in here anywhere at all, mm-hmm. right? So they, they've gone away from them being sniveling cowards to the Draconic Roar. Uh, bonus action, you let out a roar within 10 feet. Until the end of your next turn, you and your allies have advantage on attack rolls against any of your enemies that can hear the roar. So uh, instead of always having advantage, right, like the pack tactics kind of thing that Cobalts have, it feels like to me like there's a correction that they're doing there because that is really, really powerful. Oh yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the tra- draconic roar also reflavors them quite a bit. Like uh, what they're like, their, um, their behavior and their attitudes as a species. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've also got some feats in there. Uh, gift of the metallic dragon, gem dragon. Oh man. And then my favorite part, Spence. my favorite part, the spells. Let's go through the list. Shall we? Um, shall let's we? see. Icing Death's Frost, neat. Uh, uh, Nathair's Mischief, Flame Stride. Uh, Rolothim's Psychic Lance, Summon Dragon, Draconic Spirit, Draconic Transformation, and oh boy, Fizzband's Platinum Shield. Huzzah, <laughs> Dragon Lance! <laughs> uh, and you know what? Actually, it's a really cool spell. It's mm-hmm. very cool. Of course, um, you think that. Listen, of course, well, you, man, yeah. This, it, but it is. Be, you notice. Yeah, you notice he's not. Strike, and you're like, this is a really thought provoking. You notice he's not spell. delving yeah. deeper on any other spell. No, this is the one that's important. Okay. He just read the names, bro, bro, bro. It's imp- okay. It's important because it's name. Or it, this is what we. Actually... This is what we land on. For those listeners out there that are unfamiliar with the name Fizban. I will not tell you who Fizzband is specifically, but Fizzband comes from Dragonlance, and Fizzband is awesome. And that's you what have I have to have one of his scales to cast the spell. Yes, yeah, or a platinum-plated dragon scale. Yeah, right, a scale of a dragon, which that would be pretty t- hard to come by if, if you were talking yeah. Dragonlance. Really, yeah. really tough. But ha- this is a sixth-level abjuration spell, yeah. range of sixty feet, uh, durations a minute. You create a silvery light that surrounds a creature of your choice within range. They cast uh, light in five feet. As a bonus action on subsequent turns, you can move the shield within thir- uh, 60 feet. Uh, a creature protected by the field the field gains half cover, plus two AC, right? The creature also has resistance to acid, cold, fire, lightning, and poison damage. If the yep. creature is subjected to an effect that allows it to make a dexterity saving throw to take only half damage, instead it takes no damage. If it succeeds on the saving throw, only half day, uh, damage, uh, then half damage if it fails, Right. So you couple this with what? Barbarians. Shield of Faith and Barbarians. Shield of Faith Barbarian. and this Redonculus. I'm saying I'm saying like basically these damage types would be super if you're not like already like the bat is it the bear barbarian that mm, has resistance to almost everything. Um but if you look at these resistance types, a barbarian would love to have that. Half cover to plus two to AC, that's ridiculous. And then dexterity throws to basically take uh, no, no damage. damage. Like this, this is a must-have spell in my opinion mm-hmm. uh, for when you got your uh, barbarian on the field or your mm-hmm. paladin, right? Like, because mm-hmm. um, it's not that last one isn't going to be as good because dexterity save, but it's still going to reduce a bunch of stuff. Like they're still going to take less damage. Um, 
this is this is a great spell. I think. Um, I agree. Um, I think that they should change the name. But I think that it's a great spell nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you heard it here for, for first, oh. folks. This is where the honeymoon is over. Bite sized gaming. That's right. Like, way to go, Yoko. That's I right. can't believe you just said that. <laughs> way to go, Yoko. <laughs> How oh. how dare you, sir? How dare you? Okay, you need to read those books again and fall in love with them. It's Philistines, both of them. <laughs> fun of them. exactly, Gerg. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, but other like look, look. Let's take the let's take that spell out of out of the the running. Even though it is the best spell and it's the best thing that came out of this entire thing, right? There's a lot of really really good stuff that's in there though. A lot of playtest material yeah, there, in there that could totally be used at your table should be playtest the crap out of it. But it's it's all breadcrumb trails that are leading me leading us all kind of to the next thing. Mm-hmm. So the mm-hmm. it's more and more obvious every single day. You it's know, a matter of time. As a note, that icing death's frost spell feels like it came straight from RL. It's not quite, so it's not a spoiler. Mm. But RL, there's an argument that she should have had this spell. Like it, it it's very. Well, it's a good spell, and it reminds me very much of some of of what she should be doing. Well, as let's, a let's face it, Ariel probably should have had a lot of different things, but sure. Well, mm. Troy. Well, and you Dom, know what? You let's think about this too. Yeah. Second, second level spells are pretty puny when it comes to evocation for wizards. This is a good one. Icy yeah. Death Frost is a good spell for second level. If you're looking yeah. for that, but more combat oriented, less utilitarian it's a spell. Lockdown. But, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, it's it's the it's the perfect combo, honestly, right? It's your it's control and it's damage at the same time. Yep. Really good stuff. And it's a it's a cone, which is always nice. Like, I don't know, I just like it. Yeah, um, yeah I I think that's that spell is going to have some good use. Um, cool. Well, I think that our listeners should go check out the draconic options for themselves, and download that PDF before it uh, disappears into the ether. Uh, mm-hmm. until another date and time um, but there's a lot of good stuff in there and i think that you're going to find something that you enjoy and that inspires you um it's a good it's a good ua it's a good ua it is it's a, it is it's very good solid all the way across the board yeah yep how how many years i i feel like it's been at least three or four years that i've been saying like dragonborn got the short shaft Ooh. um yeah. in the yeah. player's handbook and this is like a half step towards trying to rectify that so good for them well but yeah they get more uses of their dragon breath which is awesome mm-hmm. um and they just have better feel right like they some of yeah. them can fly yeah now like it just it, it's a better it's a better design i like the idea it. of not having this standard whiny snively cobalt too mm-hmm. yeah because if we're i mean yeah you could you could still have them you can still play them that way but i mean it's it, it they're a joke monster Really, when you think about it, they're always a mm-hmm. joke NPC. Um, you're always, uh, oh, let's just capture one of them and you know force them to be our pet kind of thing mm-hmm. or, or whatever. Same way with goblins. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And if and if you're and if we're moving and rightfully so, moving away from, you know, certain races are always a certain alignment, and you're making these things player characters. I mean. You don't always want to play a whiny, snivelly kobold. You want to play yeah. a heroic one or something that's got some 
meat. Yeah, something I did recently was I put together the like a, a homebrew gully dwarf, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that they're known for is they're cowards and they're dumb, right? From the yeah. from the the original books. But who like I mean, unless you want to play that, right? Maybe some players want a different option for a gully dwarf. Maybe they, they maybe they want the uh, the smart one, right? Um, so giving them additional options outside of just like the stereotypical archetypes. I think it's a good direction, and it's mm-hmm. not like you have to play it like that. You can play it the old, the old school co- Cobalt way, directly out of uh, what Folo's Guide to Monsters, mm-hmm. if you want to, mm-hmm. or you can play the new Arthur Arcana version. Where and if it's ever published, and whatever, whatever be published in, yeah, yeah, exactly. Or, you know, play them like Tucker's Cobalts. Are you not familiar with Tucker's Cobalts? I am not familiar. Uh, Tucker's Cobalts, uh, was it, I believe it was an article. It was either an article in Dragon, or it was part of the Council of Worms setting. I, I might be getting those two confused. Uh, Council of Worms was a box set where you could mm-hmm. play dragons as a race. And then you could play, you know, because dragons are so big, they can't get into dungeons. You could then create normal characters, and they would be, uh, what the dragon would send out to get more treasure and stuff mm. like that. Well, and again, this, this, I think this might've been an article in dragon Tucker's kobolds was a, uh, a bunch of kobolds that, that uh, befriended, I believe it was a ranger and he trained them on how to, you know, be more effective. And so Tucker's kobolds were like all about traps and misdirection and, the whole pack tactics type stuff and just, yeah, there we go. There go. Gerk, Gerk go, saved me. Gerk saved me. Uh, just, just check it out. I everybody that's in, uh, in the chat, check it out. Anybody that's, uh, uh, listening to this, we will, I will snag this and, uh, put it in the, uh, the doobly doo. Interesting. Uh, but it was, it was just an awesome read. Um, so yeah, go check out Tucker's Cobalt's and it will change the way, you think about cobalts. It's interesting. I actually It'll had, change your uh, life. When I ran a, a, my players through, um, which was it was the Tales from the Yawning Portal, the first level one, um, uh, the Sunless Citadel. Yeah, right? mm, yeah. Ran through there, and you got Meepo in there. Oh, when they Meepo. found Meepo, the Paladin took them on as a squire, and uh, wanted to train them as a Dragon Knight. It's mm. Pretty cool. So it's, I mean, it's, it's right in there, man. Yep. Interesting. Okay, well, whew, I think we did a whole episode of news, which uh, is, we did. Uh, you know, we did. which we is did. what it is sometimes. Uh, sometimes we have eight news topics and we get through them in 20 minutes. Sometimes we have five and it takes an hour. Yeah. Um, that's fine. That but being said. Yeah, that being said, we have, a, we have an interesting main course for you, though. Um, we're going to talk about player agency. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Delicious. So... Go refill your beverages and uh, meet us back here in two and two. Actually, a lot less time than that. Just Cue that sound effect, Troy. Yeah, cue it up. All right. Okay, so now we're going to get into our main course. We're going to talk about player agency. Um, this topic kind of goes hand in hand with the notion of railroading. 
something that uh, has been on the lips of of several folks if you if you watch the streams or uh, I think Colville was chatting about player agency a, a, a couple of weeks ago so um, it's pertinent to uh, conversations haven't we're all having right now uh, John you brought this up as uh, the topic for discussion and what what kind of sparked that in your mind yeah so we we ran some some games last week with some of our fellow DMs which was a lot of fun and uh, the DMs, um, it's since it was a one shot, as typically happens, there's a little bit more. Um, it's kind of like a more of a helter skelter, devil may care mm-hmm. uh, attitude, right, from your players. Whenever you run games like that, right, so it's like, we don't, what are the consequences at the end of it? If it's a TPK, it's not a big deal. It was just a one-shot type thing, which was fine. I totally expected that, and that's not a bad thing at all. But what it also did was it introduced this. the session that we were running. The story was that this area that we were in was very open-ended, even though there was kind of a specific set of parameters that had to be completed in order to achieve the win condition, right, for the, mm-hmm. for the story. And I'm, I'm intentionally being a little, a little mysterious about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, needless to say the, the, the players all went in six different directions, Yay! six players, six, they just went spiraled out and all, in all, uh, all different directions. And so what that did, what we were trying to do is we we're trying to see, can we run this thing in under four in four hours or under, right? We were had a, a specific time limit, mm-hmm. but as soon as the players kind of did their own thing and I'm the kind of DM I want to be able to let my players do that and give them player agency where they could kind of do those things. And I'm not railroading them as much as I can since this was so sandboxy a space. Um, it really pushed the limits on whether or not we could make it happen in four hours. And I think that only by the grace of the other players knowing that it had to be done in under four hours, did things kind of come right back around and get and kind of kind of tighten back up again, um, and so that's that's kind of where this goes. With if you've got a, a session that you're running, or a story that you're trying to tell, or the the the, the story that the, the players are asking for, but you give them all the freedom in the world, there are a couple. There are a lot of there are some pitfalls that that uh, that come along with that, and I think one of those is timing. And the, and the beats like, and where those story beats end up and how long it takes you to get to kind of like the good stuff, so to speak. I saw that. I'm seeing that in my Rhyme of the Frostmaiden Dragonlance conversion thing too, right? My players love a slow burn and they want to do their own thing. And so we've been at it for like 10 to 12 weeks and they're not even out, out of like chapter one slash two yet because mm. they're just enjoying where they're at and they're doing stuff and but the story is not progressing and so they're asking why is the story not progressing I'm like well because you guys want to keep doing all these other little side quest type things and it doesn't you're not going along the main thread it's like you're like you're trying to intentionally avoid it and so they're okay with that but it brings up the topic of if you have anything that you as a dm are trying to accomplish for and with the players uh, if you give them too much freedom um, I say too much, but if you give them a lot of freedom and a lot of rope, then uh, it kind of it, it has a spiraling effect. You know, yeah. we're kind of it's a self. It's the snake eats its own tail, 
And you just, it goes on and on and on. So I just wanted to bring it up between the two of you to see if that's something that you've experienced at your own tables before and how you dealt with it. What are some of the, like, did you give your player, is there such a thing as giving your players too much space to do whatever it is that they want? Like, it's, uh, it reminds me of an old uh, Danger Mouse uh, episode Quote, when I was a chief. kid. Hey, cool, probably me. Whenever I was a kid, where they Take went off. off, they were flying in space, and they, you're, it's kind of like the Indiana Jones overhead of watching them fly through space on the map, and then they get to the edge of the map where there's just white space, and they they fly off the map in re, like in the in the in the, their spaceship mm. that they're flying in, and so Danger Mouse has to like scribble the lines like a black around with yep. a pencil around his ship for space to kind of form up around him and need them to be able to get, be unstuck, right? And you kind of have to do that as a DM. Whereas, like, if you derail, like, I don't have any of this prepped. So you're just pulling things out of your your, your rear end for hours sometimes on end, which that can be fun, too. Uh-huh. But uh, I don't know. You guys, you guys tell me before I, I don't want to get too dig too deep on my end. I kind of feel like this is one of those situations of, as, as far as players go, be careful what you ask for because you just might get it. Hmm. When, when yep. uh, you know, there's so many players. You see it on, you know, on Facebook forums and stuff all the time. How, oh, this is too railroady, or this is taking away my agency, and I want to be able to go where I want to go and do what I want to do. And I totally get that. But your DM, and whether it's a home group, whether you're playing at a convention space, you know, online weekends, you know, like what we do, we put a lot of time, we put a lot of effort into preparing mm. these adventures because we want to have fun with you, mm. the players. That we're, we're players too, but we put in a lot of time and effort into doing this. And if you've created a character that is the antithesis to what is going on. And you always want to turn left when it's obvious the main story is telling you to turn right. Mm. Just because, well, you want Mm. your player agency, that's a problem. That's an interesting... I really... That's an interesting turn there. Um, Because I was about to say, like, I just, like, give me all the player agency and I'll work with it. But I think that you're actually right, Troy. That... I want player agency that is invested in the story. Mm-hmm. And and as long as you're in the mindset of following the story, I don't care where you want to go. Yeah. Because I can like that's the fun, right? Is laying the tracks in front of the train sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But but if the train doesn't want any tracks it can't go anywhere, right? Like that's spins. the thing. It just yep. spins, and so, I, oh man, I think that that's interesting. Actually, the idea that like player agency, in a, as a good thing and as a thing that you can't ever have too much of, is player agency that has bought in. Yeah, and and that and that's exactly what I'm talking about. I'm gonna use I'm gonna use an example uh, of the current season. I'm not gonna tell you what module. Talking to some other DMs, the 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 players acquire a thing early on in this in this adventure, mm. and this thing is taking them or leading them down a path. And the DM said, "Well, you know, about uh, about twenty minutes of this, they were ready to throw the thing over their shoulder and just go off into the frozen north and try and figure it out on their own." Mm. And it's like, why, why are your why did you create a character? 
that doesn't want anything to do with this main storyline that you know what the main storyline kind of is when you start out. It's there's something bad going on in Icewind Dale and you probably want to kind of figure mm-hmm. it out. Mm-hmm. So why did you why did you why are you purposely doing the whole well my that's not what my character wants to do. Mm-hmm. You're holding on to player agency, but it's a negative player agency. Well, it holds the either story that or hostage. It holds the story hostage for for the DM who has. I mean, let's face it, Adventures League. You know, you have planned out story. This isn't a home mm-hmm. campaign. You can't take it wherever you want to go and still have the 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 group play experience that these things are designed to do. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you, you the player has all the agency in the world to create a character that fits the story that is being told. If it's a home group. And, and the DM says, hey, I don't care what you make. I don't care what you do. I'll figure it out as we go. Mm-hmm. Have at it. Be as contrary as you want, but I kind of have a feeling that your game is going to have lots of stall points when, you know, you've got six characters going and they want to go in four different directions. Yeah. That being said, though, like, in your example of they just want to throw the MacGuffin over their shoulder and go off into the north, right? Um that that can be the fa- that can be the problem of the story too, right? Like, sure. If if your story doesn't, right? yeah, you're like, screw this. This this feels like you're asking me to care, right? Even though you haven't actually earned me caring, you're asking for me to care. I don't want to care anymore. I well, want something that's actually engaging. So, yeah. you know. Uh, the story, the story, and the players should walk hand in hand. It should not be uh, up to the players to feel like they have to go along with the story that they're not engaged in. Right, and 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 to that point, it, the players cared about what they were supposed to go do. The mm-hmm. comment was, or the the beef was, well, this thing is just a railroad. It it's just taking us right down the track directly to where it needs to go. And it's like sometimes that happens. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like the episode that we had about, you know, the amusement park type yep, thing. Perfect. Yep. Perfect analogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have player agency to roam around the frozen north. But when you pick up on a story thread, it's it's a thread. When it you get on a, when you get on a direction. ride. Yep. When you get on a ride in an amusement park, you cannot then say, well, I would have rather been on a different ride. You chose to get on this ride. Yep. Mm-hmm. You don't. You go well, through the ride that, and then you, also, you get off. You yeah. also can't get on the carousel at the park and expect the horses to jump off and go a different direction. They're mm-hmm. going to go around, right? There's a, there's a kind of like a, a path that the story is going uh, the, the story is going in. And so mm-hmm. or the direction of the story is going in yeah. and there's a natural progression through it. That's yeah. kind of expected. It, you, you shouldn't, you shouldn't expect to get on a carousel and then complain that it doesn't feel like a roller coaster, right? Like, yeah. right. Now, but you know what? Look, I think, I think Zach makes a really, really good point too, though, that, Part of that is, is the adventure written in a way to where it gives the DM the agency necessary and the flexibility necessary to keep it from feeling like a railroad. Like Have you ever been to like... It, well, some things just feel like a railroad. Yeah. I mean, no, I'm, I'm with you, you know. but like that's what I'm saying, though. Can you write... Can adventures be written better to make them at least feel like a less of a railroad, right? We've talked about it a little, a little bit before we got on, and that to me, that's like the illusion of choice. Mm-hmm. Well, like, have you ever been to like an amusement park that is old and hasn't had a ride update in 20 years? Right. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, all the roller coasters are on wooden tracks. Yeah. And, like, the big deal ride is is a 30-second, you know, no loops, no nothing coaster and blah, 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 right? Like, if the amusement park is full of sucky rides that you don't care about, maybe, maybe get like like we kind of talked about that a little bit with Icewind Dale in some ways right like if you went there expecting you're like I want to ride roller and you go there and you're like there's not really any roller coasters here there's some things that want to be that but none of them actually succeed at it um if you find yourself looking around and saying I wouldn't enjoy any of the rides here then you probably need to head over to a different amusement park yep but I also think that, uh, you know, the the quote-unquote railroad can sometimes get a bad rap. Because mm-hmm. if you if you maybe as a DM run that right, or as a player kind of open up to it a little bit more, being on that railroad is part of it. You are mm-hmm. on a one-way course, and you there is nothing you can do to change that. You mm-hmm. know that we have to do X. And for X to happen, we have to go down this path. And unfortunately, it's the only path we have, and there's crap in our way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, why, why are the adventurers going down that path? Because they're the John McClanes. They're the guys. They're mm-hmm. the ones that have to do it because nobody else can or will. Yeah. And well, they have no choice. Th- they have to go down that path. Yeah, let me throw this at you, too. Let's talk about more of a, from an organized play perspective, if you guys don't mind. Like, we talked yeah. about... With uh, with home games, there's a lot more flexibility. The oh, if the yeah. DM, if you want to make it an improv session, great. I remember in high school, uh, like that was like the heyday of improv. I I didn't understand. I didn't know about prep. I didn't. I hadn't really like, kind of created my own mm. discipline for prepping yet. And of course, all of my buddies, there was no. Everything was what it, they were always derailing. There was no, there was no ability to put rails on it during that time frame. But at the same time, I look back and I think, my God, that was like, I've, how the heck did I do that? And I came up with some really, really good stuff off off the cuff. So I'm, I want to make sure that I'm for everybody that's listening out there. This is not like a dirge about you know, woe is me that people won't stay on the rails and they're making right. it harder for me, right? Right. So that said, the organized play side of this, the house, we have to stay within time limits. You know, it's four hours at the table, or for a four, they have a four-hour session. Boom. Now, if you're, if I'm running it, it's usually like six hours. That's what everybody makes fun of me with. Is that all my games go so long. It's not making fun of you. It's just agreeing with the fact that you're going to run two hours over. Well, okay, that's that's fair. I guess that's that is fair. It is fair. It's I don't fair. know if it's accurate, but it's fair. Okay, hour uh, and a half. <clears throat> hour and a half, right? Uh, but. We do have time limits that we have to stay in. in like, I've got great players, and I would I want to keep playing, and they mm-hmm. want to keep playing. They still have tickets to another game that they've got to get to. Uh, when, we're, when it's in-person play, and you've got the marshals coming around and tapping you on the shoulder and saying, hey, 15 till, you're going to wrap it up. You still have to try to st- stay inside. So the rails become a requirement in order to meet the limitations of time that we have available this there is no like second session that this can roll into naturally where we can let this thing breathe we've got to get bing 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 here are the beats we've got to hit here are the conditions that we've got to set that kind of thing right yeah there i think back to there's there's a a module that i ran it's been a couple years ago now maybe just a year it's hard to remember this time but it was at winter fantasy and 
we went off the rails. It was the last mod of the con, last slot of the con. And we went off the rails within 10 minutes, right? Like, oh, wow. the, the idea, the pitch, without getting too much into the spoilers, but the pitch was that you were going to this island where the villain had his, like, his weird cult you know, his followers and they did their initiations and training and you were going there under the guise of being a new initiate. Right. Mm -hmm. And one of my players at the very beginning was like, I, I, I introduced the villain. He had this like suave presentation, welcoming everybody, yada, yada, yada. And one of my players slipped me a note that said, I, I buy into the, what this guy's saying. Like, I have bought the uh, the bull, right? And I'm going to I like I'm going to tell him when I can what we're actually what they're actually here for. That's and awesome. And so it's so instead of it being instead of it being um, you know four hours of trying to figure out how to infiltrate this fully, learn as much as you can, and then take down the villain, it was. I have one player who is secretly trying without telling any of the other players or their characters was trying to secretly like, uh, uh, you know, uh, sabotage. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then the other people, he was working against them, but also trying to like put the kibosh on their investigations without revealing that he was putting the kibosh on the investigation. So he would like roll dice and then tell them that he had rolled low you know low enough that he couldn't find anything and basically like you know playing into it right and he would go investigate certain areas and then come back out and be like yeah there's nothing there and basically steering the thing towards a certain thing and we were so far off the rails by the end at the three hour mark they finally learned that they had been sold out and then we ended with PVP in AL <laughs> because they were like, we're going to murder this person. Not just the villain is going to die, but this guy is going to die for what he did. And they, and uh, you know, technically it's not allowed. So, but like the whole table was like, we're going to kill him. And he was like, come at me. Uh, so <laughs> we did it and it was great. But like, to me, like, that's player agency at its best, right? Because all of them had bought in from a different angle and they all wanted to see the story happen. Mm -hmm. And, and they allowed me as the DM to steer that story within the, the time constraints. Right? right. So it was going to come to a boiling head player that was doing the sabotaging knew it was going to come to a boiling head. The other players, it was allowed for them to discover it, for them to still win, for blah, 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 to still happen. But it all, so that's, that's the harmonious aspect of when player agency meets it. That being said, every time you do that, every time it goes off the rails in that way, you're playing with fire. Oh, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Like, all it would have taken was that one player saying, I tell the villain we need to leave the island right 
And so now it becomes all oh, they're off the they start leaving off the island and then the players go to try to find him and they can't find him and they spend two hours looking through this castle room by room. They can't find him because he's gone. And then they finally realize that this guy's gone too, and then like and then it doesn't have an ending, right? Right. Right. Um and so and it and then it then affects the rest of the modules that are coming in that line because I know exactly which one you're talking about. Oh yeah, right. Because right? I ran yeah. it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because like because everybody said we're going we're willing to get on this other ride mm -hmm. we're still going to be on a ride but we're going to get on this other ride it was it was a really like a, one of the best module experiences ever like i remember like 10 minutes in i took the whole mod it was like 70 pages and just threw it on the ground <laughs> like all right we so go. we're gonna figure this out right um, we're a lot more tolerant about that then than I probably would be. I don't. I wouldn't. Well, like, I I want to be able to do that and let them do that. But there is it, to me, it's I'm, I'm, again. I'm so beholden to the rules. I'm so worried that I'm going to end up messing with leaving them in a cliffhanger. Right? It's like ah, it's unresolved. I'm sorry, we couldn't we couldn't get to the end of it. And then you know, well, they, they have that. Go ahead, Troy. I was say, it it that depends on the group. Mm -hmm. And and. and mm -hmm. Kudos to you for being able to read your group in 10 minutes to determine mm -hmm. that they are capable of rolling with those punches because, you know, you've got that one person that takes it off the rails and the others are just still along for the ride and not realizing they jump tracks and they're on a different ride. But the, uh, the module that you're talking about, that story that you're telling, mm -hmm. it still fits within that framework. Oh, yeah. It's just a different route to get to the end point that yep. you were going to get to anyway. Yep. The module ended in the exact same place that it would have before, except that we killed a PC. Yeah. Right? Like, and, by, and, by the hand of another PC. And, and technically speaking, yes, it's not allowed unless all at the table are okay with it. Yeah. I believe Which, is the actual I I, rule. I couldn't tell you if there's but, a if there's that exemption. But, there but goes we, that knowledge score again. I know, there's yeah. a knowledge score again. But, uh, <laughs> always, always the knowledge score. Always the knowledge score, every um, time. But, We've just learned of, of recent instances of, mm -hmm. you know, DMs taking something off the rails and, oh, yeah. you know. Well, pretty... I think we could we could put that out there as long as we're not naming names or naming mods, right? Or naming and, locations. And I have no idea any of it. Yeah, names well, I mean, but... it's it things that take lasting consequences that change the story yeah. into other modules, right? Like, So, to, you know, to on the counter side of that... Of, of being able to work within that framework of the module, you know, I've heard, you know, from, you know, in the past that DMs, you know, not understanding what the framework of organized play really is, have basically, you know, rewritten the module mm -hmm. for their players. And while, you know, again, at a home game, great, but you're in an organized play shared world campaign, you totally change everything in a module for one group and they go and talk to somebody else and they're like, Oh, well that's not what happened. We weren't, how did you guys end up in space? We were, you know, we were over here in this castle. <laughs> Nautiloids. Yeah. Where the hell was a Nautiloid in that adventure? Spelljammer confirmed. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. And to your point, it's like, yeah, you're that you're taking it way, way too far out of the rails, but yeah, like with, with what you did and have done in other oh, adventures yeah. that you've ran, ran. Yeah. You, you've, you went off the rails within the pages of that module, but you end up pretty much back at the stop that you were supposed to stop at 
And if you weren't exactly at the station, you were close enough that those players had a great time with the module and still were like, okay, we understand that it was a little bit different than how it was supposed to go. And we're cool with getting on that ride with that little bit of a hiccup on the next. Yeah. Like, like that, like the other example, and, and I'll use myself as the, as the problem child here with this one, but like in our Eberron campaign where I let them kill the Lord of Blades, like probably not cool. Let's let, let me rephrase that. Definitely not cool. Um, in the grand scheme of things, really freaking cool. Yeah, in the For grand the scheme story, of things, yeah. Question, but but you know, like so, play in my mind in that in that instance, player agency became the thing to do. Right, you want to do this. It shouldn't stop. I shouldn't stop you. There's no reason for me to stop you except for story rails. So I'm going to let you do it, and then we're going to together at the end of the module figure out how to put this into a context that's going to allow the story to go forward for you, right? So so we we finish it up and we're like, okay, obviously you can't kill the Lord of Blades here. That's not part of the story. So however you want to phrase that in your mind, whether that's that you you thought you killed him, but he had clerics and they brought him back, or that's, that wasn't really him, that was a simulacrum or a whatever, like however you imagine that, We've got to give an explanation that lets us link back up. Um, that being said, there is definitely a group of players, because I heard one of them tell this story <laughs> at the last con, who go around saying, we killed the Lord of Blades. <laughs> Even still. <laughs> what? Yep. You did what? So, yeah. <clears throat> there's, definitely too, there's definitely too much player agency, and that's something that we have to be careful of. Mm-hmm. Just like there's too much railroading that we have to be careful of. Um, so I think, well, there are limits even outside of just the story. There's still, there are still limits to player agency, a player, uh, player agency. The player is could attack another player, right? We, mm. the, just that right there. Yep. Ta- attack yep. an, an, Perfect another, example. Me, it could have a character attack another character, excuse me. Right. Yep. Or, or to betray the group in a way that people are not cool with. Yep. And so a, a discussion has to be had about how we, how do we get around this? How do we navigate through it? Or we're gonna have to retcon. We're gonna have to reel it back in and and start it up. And you know, oh man, um, that's that's such a good statement there, John. Like like player agency only extends so far, and one of the places that it should ninety nine times out of a hundred, one place that it should never extend to is PvP, right? Yep. Like mm-hmm. you, know, you attacking another player is gonna end in a frustrating night. Yep, most of the time. Yep. Yeah, unless you know your players very well. Definitely yep. don't do it in pickup. And the players know each other very well, and they yeah. are cool with it. And it's, even still, I find it very hard to, like, I've been on the receiving end of that, where my buddies thought it was funny to kill the character off because they didn't like the character. They, there was another character they wanted me to play that I had been playing, and they're like, well, we don't want you to play that character because we love this other character that you play. So they looked for a reason to kill my character for whatever, whatever whatever it was. And I remember being beyond pissed about it. Oh, yeah. I, remember I was a kid. I was like, this is like late high school when this happened. And not just pissed, but like hurt by yeah. it. Mm. And didn't, and like, it didn't end the friendship necessarily. But man, I didn't, but I didn't want to have anything else to do with him at that point. Yeah. You know, it, it took it took a little bit while, a little while for me to kind of like come back around and to, to get over some of the butt hurt from, from them pulling that stunt on me. Let's, let's, um, like, I really like this line. 
I think that we're gearing into, I think the next episode is PvP. Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I have a very similar story to that. Yeah, and so do I. So, so listeners, I will tell this, dear listeners. I will tell, yes, I will tell that full story. I think that's a really good idea. Okay. Good call. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I felt us drifting into PvP. I'm like, oh, we should... We should capitalize on this. Right. <laughs> yeah. Capital idea. Um, so, so to, to, to steer us back in, is there anything that we feel like we haven't talked about? What's the takeaways from player agency in our discussion of it? What what do we want DMs and what do we want players that listen to this episode to walk away understanding? There, there's no one right way. Mm-hmm. You, you want your play, you know, it, there's no one right way and everybody has a hand in it. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if players have all the agency in the world to go do anything and everything that they want, that puts so much work on the DM to make an enjoyable story, unless unless you get lucky and at least the, the, the players are playing their characters to all want the same thing, <laughs> even if it's just not what the DM has prepared. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, if they've got so much agency, they're going in, however many players you've got, they're all going in a different direction. Yeah. And that's not fair to the DM. And really, all it's doing is affecting your fun, too. Mm-hmm. Um, DMs, uh, railroading can be a great thing done in moderation. You you, mm-hmm. you don't write the story for them. You know, it's put, put the tracks out there. If somebody jumps on that track, well, it has a destination. And it might only be a very short track, or it might be a long track. But players also need to kind of be like, well... Your yeah, agency wasn't that, picking the track. Yeah, yeah, we pulled that thread. We got to see it to the end, or yeah. Yeah. or whatever. Find, a, find an off point that feels natural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think mine is my final thoughts on it. Really, are um, DMs uh, do what you can to give them some space and some flexibility mm-hmm. to make the decisions on their own. Uh, circle back, renavigate. Um, you know, reel them back in, whatever you got to do. If you need to kind of get back to the tracks, you can have like a detour and then get back to where you need to kind of what, like what Zach was saying. So, do, and, and it's a really good skill to have that improv, they're thinking on your feet and pivoting whenever the players throw you something that's completely off nothing, base. I would go ahead. No, I was going to say there's nothing better for, for a player than feeling like they have the player agency to take mm-hmm. the detour, but that they, we're allowed to do that in a way that connected back to the story. Yes. They don't really yeah. want to stop playing Rise of Tiamat. They just wanted to go mm. do the cool thing for a minute. And then yeah. they love it that you were able to bring it back in in a flow and they get to have their cake and eat it too, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 You, you don't always have... I, the, I think the most recent school of thumb has been the pendulum swung a little bit too far and they always say yes. Right? right. Always say yes to your players. Right. Always, always, always. No. Find something you can roll on. Like I believe that you should do your best to let them say yes. We're trying to find a way to do it because that's kind of like that's the itch that they're trying to scratch at that moment. But well, sometimes you're going to have to say no, or you're going to have to say that's a really good idea. But you know, yeah, but I, don't do it too much. Uh, and then uh, the other side of it, aside from the the, play, the DMs, is the players. Players, forgive your DMs. Don't don't beat them up too bad. Whenever you see rails stacked up in front of you, that they've prepped for this, and this is the story they thought you were going to go that you were going to go for that you were going to be interested in, or this is maybe what you, they thought you signed up for, and you didn't. And like the player, if, if there are any players out there that intentionally derail things because it's either cute or funny, or 
you know, you you like to troll the DM, stop it. Yeah, don't 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 come to my table. <laughs> yeah, don't, yeah, don't come to my table either, because it's because it's not just harmful to the DM, and it's not hurt. Like <clears throat> it doesn't make just make their job harder, and the fun gets sucked out of the room as a result of it. But it's also the other players. Yep, the other players are there. Maybe maybe they're there for that story, right? Yeah. Maybe they actually want to be able to to. They want to they want to uh, storm the trenches of the Death, the Death Star instead of flying off to you know Canto Bight and. Uh, playing at casinos the entire time or something like that, you know. So, Proud so, of you, John. Wait, that's a you thing. I know. Did you see that? I did that for you, Zach. That's oh, this is this, I'm trying. Warm my cockles with your oh. with your knowledge. My, my stomach turned. It's okay. It's fine. I, felt a, I felt a wave of. <laughs> I felt the great disturbance in the force. I felt the great disturbance <laughs> in the force. That's right. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I am a huge proponent proponent of yes and, yeah. and, no. But yep. yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I think there's yep. nothing wrong with using both. Hundred percent. Oh, yeah. Have to. Yeah. Both are equally utilizable tools, and again, players, you know, give your DM some slack. They're 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 the dancing monkey, trying to keep you entertained, keep themselves entertained, and have a good time. And so, mm-hmm. <laughs> just uh, everybody be cool at the table with one another. Have some fun. Yeah. That's uh that's as good a statement to end this on as any. Uh everybody be cool to one another. Um yeah, that's a good discussion. I like I like talking so. about this sort of thing. Um and, and oddly enough, DM. Dancing monkey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. Uh, 100%. Like, really? yeah. So, John, Hello. you are DM of the year. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. The monkey of the year is what you're saying? <laughs> Dancing monkey of the year. Oh man, that's perfect! Hey, if uh, anyone hadn't heard, oh, uh, boy. Master Christian has uh, been bestowed the honor, the recognition of DM of the Year for Co- the yeah. Baldman Games Co- DM, DM of the Year. Co- DM. Be, to be first, clear, yeah. first, first time, time we've ever had first, two, I think. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. Um, so uh, shout out to uh, Laura Thompson. Yep. Yes, the Laura other. was oh, the yeah. other. Yeah. You know. She, She's really the one we like best. But, you That's know, right. John, well, you know, I mean, John's good too. I don't blame you. I don't even like me <laughs> the best at all. Well, I'm the worst. At least, at least, at I, least I, some good taste. I sent a message out immediately after that was revealed and said, are you sure you don't want to recalculate all those numbers and make sure that that's accurate? <laughs> uh, so really congratulations. Cool. Yeah, congratulations you. to John. You should, if you listen to this and you uh, – heard about this for the first time you should uh send him a message publicly <sighs> that uh that embarrasses him and i, I won't i won't be embarrassed uh, draws attention to about that at all no no um <laughs> give him high praise in as many places as possible um while you're there also give us a like on facebook or instagram or any of those things uh you following us lets you know cool things like when john wins dm of the year or when we're going to run uh games for uh, a convention or when we drop a new episode so all the things that uh that you want to know about you can know about or that you don't even know about speaking of which speaking of which should we before we go mention that the DD virtual weekend that's coming up we're running games at that and we then we've are. got. Do we want to mention that now, or do we want to put that well, uh, somewhere else? When well, is this episode coming out, Troy? Uh, in, in, in a few days. Uh, <laughs> I say, uh, yeah. Either, either uh, 
the March uh, virtual D&D weekend is either coming up or, well, you just missed it. And either way, we ran some games at it. And, uh, I just ruined that. You did. You totally just... Oh, sorry. This new format, John. Yes. And, oh, my gosh. You know, well, if I think if Dave would have seen this, he'd probably rethink the DM of the Year thing. I think so. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So I'm not... You put me on the rails, John, and then uh, kicked That's me right, right off. I tried to set you up, man. <laughs> I, I tried to up. set you up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, hey, uh, thanks for listening for another week. Thanks to Droy, to Droy and, and Tom for uh, <laughs> Droy uh, Droy one more. I'm writing those names down. <laughs> yeah, Droy and Tom. Those are NPC names if I ever heard it. We could yeah. have, Those could have been our dwarf names. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, for hanging out one more week. And uh, until next week, we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Have a good game, everybody. Stay safe out there. Don, are you the Don from our uh, virtual weekend? If so, that's awesome. Welcome, welcome. And if not, that's awesome. Welcome, welcome. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. It is awesome.